So we've got these Arthur Smith clips. He did a sit-down interview with the Steelers' website. And so we had them all cut up. He sat down for 10 minutes. We took the greatest hits, the best parts of what he had to say. And so we're going to go through these and give some reaction to what the new Steelers offensive coordinator had to say about his fresh start here. Starting with what he wants the identity of the team to be in 2024. We've clearly adapted to the strengths of our players, but there's a certain identity we, we want to have. You know, any offense I've been a part of, it's, it's going to be a physical brand. You know, you want to win the line of scrimmage, but it's also don't play the strengths. Trying to create explosives when I have a very smart unit because it's going to come down to the National Football League situational football, which kind of encompasses third down, two minute and a half in the games. Obviously, red zone. That's what we have to do. We got to score points. You got to have those four point swings and, and create touchdowns. Okay. So four point swings, less field goals, more touchdowns. Donnie, when you get a second, give me the red zone offense ranks for Arthur Smith in Atlanta the last three years to see how his team, we know they didn't have great quarterback play, to see how his team did there when he was calling plays <laughs> in red zone efficiency. My guess is they weren't good. Well, I can tell you already, but I'll let Donnie do his He job wants to here. be physical. We know that that was going to be a huge selling point. That's what the Steelers want. That's what he wants. That's music to Art Rooney's ears and Mike Tomlin's ears and probably music to the ears of a lot of fans. Situational it, football, also music to Mike Tomlin's ears. Not that it's not important. It is, but Mike uh, loves that phrase. Looks like this year, um, I don't know if Malsey's number is the same. They were 30th. I got 29th on football reference. Okay. 30th or 29th I, in red zone efficiency. Yeah, depending on how, okay. what, what site you're on. Football reference, I think, is pretty reliable. See if you can give me the other two when you get a minute. The one thing I'm having a hard time with here reconciling about some of the commentary on Smith, he wants to control the line of scrimmage, win the line of scrimmage. Another thing that a former offensive lineman and most offensive coaches are going to say, we got to have our offensive lineman. It all starts with them. Mm-hmm. Game starts up front. Yep. Pat Meyer gets retained as offensive coordinator. Steelers insiders say things like, the Steelers really like the job Pat Meyer has done with their offensive linemen. Then I think about what I've seen and what our callers say. And those two opinions could not be any different. Like, we, we, we take calls nonstop about the state of the Steelers' offense. And one of the excuses that gets made over and over again by our fans, they couldn't protect Kenny Pickett. Their offensive line wasn't any good. Well, how do you square that with the insiders telling us the offensive line coach has done a good job? Those two things can't be the same. They're, they can't be true. They can't have offensive line issues, and yet the coach did a good job? So I, I've you're been wrestling you and the grappling wrong, with that. Or you're saying if you say the coach did a good job and you still had issues, man, you really – that's basically what they're saying about Sullivan. We think he's done a good job as a quarterback's coach. The quarterback has mainly been the problem. Like you're basically putting it on the players. Donnie, do you have those two numbers you want to give them to us here? Because uh, I've got a couple more. 2021, they were 24th. Mm-hmm. Same and as then 20, 2022, they were middle of the pack. They have them like tied for 14th. That's what I have as well. So, so. 14th is the best his red zone okay. offense did. Yeah. So here's what the Steelers are going to say is the counterpoint. In 2019, the Titans, number one red zone offense in the league. In 2020, Titans, number two red zone offense in the league. But again, that gets us sort of right back into the, it's pretty easy to play offense in the red zone when you have Derrick Henry. Now, I've read a lot of people, Kazor, Alex Kazora, we like his work. We know he goes deep into the film and understands it on a level that really rivals like players. 
And I say that because other players have said that about he this guy. He puts the work into he it does. and the time into it. I yeah, like that guys, about that guy. Guys who played the game have Very said, small I, hands. I don't know how he... You know who I was doing some Very research on? Very tiny hands, I heard. Ricky Williams' very small hands. Why were you doing research on hand size? Yard barker. They want you to write about hands? I was looking up his draft profile. Seven and three quarter inch hand span. That's, mm. Those are tiny little. He probably he got a 38-inch vertical. He had to two-hand the ball to dunk it like Glenn Rice back well, in the had day. To, he probably did a good job with those uh, Very those little roaches. doobies. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He didn't even have to use like a uh, clip. He, he didn't even did have to use a clip tiny... or, or tweezers. Tiny yes. little delicate hands. Anyway, Alex did, I think, if I'm misattributing this, my apologies, but I have seen that, that Arthur Smith's like red zone concepts are well thought of, but... When I see the numbers that we just had Donnie tell us, and then when I look up the other two out of curiosity, I can't help but say, huh, when you have Derrick Henry, one of the best backs ever, and a powerful, powerful guy, it is very hard for me to separate how good you were in the red zone with Derrick Henry from how not good you were in the red zone without Derrick Henry. Isn't that where your brain goes? That's where mine goes. And that's been kind of the knock all along on this from people who are skeptical of the hire is, the guy clearly could coach offense when he had an all-time great player in the backfield. Arthur Smith next on the Steelers' quarterback position. And I've been fortunate. I've worked with a lot of different quarterbacks at different parts of his careers. Like with Ryan Tannehill, who's at a different part of his career than Matt Ryan was when, when I had the opportunity with Matt. Then worked with young quarterbacks as well. And it's, it's exciting to you know hear the way that this offense is built with a lot of young players. And obviously what Kenny Pickett's had going to his third year. Playing with a young quarterback, being efficient, you know, being able to get the ball out and, and making the smart decisions, getting the ball in the playmaker's hands, and taking care of the football. And a lot of things that come up in the responsibility of playing quarterback in the National Football League, because there's pressure situations, they happen, happen all game. And having command of those situations and ultimately, you know, putting the ball in the end zone, you know, whether it's through the air, or, you know, handoff or running it in. Uh, but there's a lot on it, and there's a natural evolution that happens with the quarterback. First of all, the beginning of that is a lie. He's not fortunate that he's got a chance to work with all those quarterbacks. That is called unfortunate. He had to work with so many because in Atlanta, all of them pretty much sucked. Matt Ryan was immobile, couldn't do the things he likes to do, and Taylor Heineke and Desmond Ritter both suffered from a bad case of not good enough-itis. Merry-go-round to quarterbacks ain't a good thing, Arthur. So you have got a lot of experience, but that's not like a notch in your belt that you were forced to have to do that. He brought up Pickett on his own. He, he volunteered his name up there. He was the only guy by name he referenced. Young offense, no tip of the cap to the running backs or the wide receivers or tight ends who he loves. Also tells he me with Pickett. Also tells me Mason Rudolph ain't coming back. Well, here he is. Let's see. Let's hold see. on before you get to this. Let me just say what he said about making good decisions, staying in the pocket there. I think will by far his ability to get Kenny Pickett to do those things or not do them by far will define his tenure here he, for better or worse. Yeah, he thinks the I agree with you. He thinks his assignment is to make Kenny Pickett a good player. Yeah. I, and, I, I mean he and he does hint there at the things that everybody has talked about. Probably me louder than anybody. Well he brought that up. Having though, some too. pocket sense about you and knowing like you can stand in and make decisions and, and not just bail. Okay, here is a question on Kenny Pickett from Missy Matthews. Kenny Pickett, Steelers president Art Rooney II, said that the OC he wants to see them help Kenny take that next step in his career. How do you start that process? You know, there's a relationship that's got to be built between me and Kenny. And that's so paramount between the play caller and the quarterback. You know, the quarterback's obviously the one out there between mm -hmm. the white lines. And there's there's a trust that's got to be built daily. And it goes both ways. You know, I've got to earn Kenny's trust and, and vice versa. 
as we build this offense and all the things we want to work on and we want him to work on and take command of his offense. So I could go both ways on that about building the relationship thing because I think Kenny had a really good relationship with Canada going back to Canada recruiting him to Pitt and that didn't manifest into good results whatsoever the fact that those guys had a symbiotic relationship and worked well together but then you've got Roethlisberger with Arians and I think that that made Ben better that there was that amount of trust between the coordinator and the quarterback. Where but the, Roethlisberger also had very good numbers with Todd Haley, who he did not like. Yeah. Which, what's the common thread here? Ben Roethlisberger, very, very, very talented. Kenny Pickett, not in the same conversation as Ben when it comes to talent. I think, I, personally, you do have to build a relationship. I'm not going to poo-poo that. I'm not going to say, like, it doesn't matter. But it's one of those team chemistry things for me. You'll hear about them having a great relationship and a big-time trust factor if Kenny Pickett goes out there and suddenly looks like Geno Smith from two years ago, having resurrected his career. I don't think you'll hear much about it, even if they do have a great relationship, if Kenny can't hold on to the starting job. Okay, next is the answer from Arthur Smith in this sit-down interview for the Steelers' website. That I think is like where he's coming from with this answer, I think is ultimately why the guy got the job. There's so many people that have Pittsburgh connections that... It's kind of a dream come true to be able to work here. You know, I'm somebody that loves the history of this game. I can even take it back to when I um, was able to work for five weeks with Tom Moore. I've already walked by the, I've seen a young Tom Moore. I know Tom's looked like he's been the same age for the last 30 years. <laughs> he's gone back, I think, for his 46th year coaching the National Football League. But those five weeks, uh, developed relationship with Tom. And, and the one thing that hit home to me, he's like, I don't know why people don't study Chuck Noll more and Tony Dungy. Mike Markey was the same way. You know, Mike got to, play here at the end of his career and then he coached here and he was adamant about learning about Chuck and and there was a lot there's not a lot of literature on Chuck Noll and I love his humility and I love that advice from Tom and Mike Malarkey and then obviously you mentioned Mike Vrabel who was here as a player started his career here Bill Cower and then I've gotten to work with Dick LeBeau Ken Wisenhunt Russ Grimm Ray Horton I mean there's so many connections <laughs> Lou Spanos I could go on and on like who's who players and everybody to a person talks about how special it is to work here in Pittsburgh. And so I don't know many places like this in all professional sports with the history and, and there's a certain unique, when people see that Steelers logo, they know what it is. And uh, the fan base is real football fans here. They, they love it. I'm excited to be a part of it. Good advice for people that are looking for a job. It's not always about studying and having like the right answers. It's about, it's about like having, it's about who, it's about knowing who you're talking to. Like knowing, trying to figure out like, okay, what do these people want to hear from me? Selling yourself to them. And I think that in that 90 second answer, you hear that. Like bringing up Chuck Knoll and Tony Dungy and knowing like being a student of the Steelers history of the game and being able to quote or reference back to all these people who have worked here that Art Rooney is obviously going to have huge amount of respect for and appreciation for and he knows that they're part of his football journey. Question. I think that's, Art hears that and he probably like melted in his chair. They're like, oh, this is so like, what he's, is he's any my of that? guy. He's exactly, what, I know. he's exactly what I want. He he gets us. You're he not, gets me. You're not wrong, but what does any of that have to do with his ability to call plays and get the most out of his offense here? Nothing. Less than nothing. That's just, that's my reaction. You're right. He's a personality fit. How many times have you heard that over the last okay. week? So what? 
But like, what is having a sense of how humble Chuck Knoll was? We got to study Chuck Knoll, not just Chuck Knoll's personality. Who is he, Sun Tzu? Is this the art of war? I think some. St- I, yes, he was. As a matter of fact, yeah, he did have some unique coaching qualities and stratagems and things like that. Yes. Such as have Terry Bradshaw, Lynn Swan, John Stallworth, Franco Harris, and the best draft class ever assembled in 1974. Would that be his uh, his stratagem? No. Well, also identifying how to get the most out of those guys. Let's not forget about that. Mm-hmm. Being able to adjust to the times. Which is definitely what he was doing in the late 80s when they forced him to fire a bunch of coaches.